0: Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Rupal and my dharma name is on you. Today, I'd like to explore ideas about Buddhism and leadership. The topic of leadership seems timely in that tomorrow we celebrate the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., one of the greatest moral leaders of our time. Additionally, this week, our country will officially install a new president. The world will watch as United States changes leadership. Many wonder what will come. I wonder what lessons can I draw from history about leadership? First, let me explain the title of my talk, "Buddhism and the Vector of Leadership. What do I mean by vector? I'm not referring to an organism which can transmit disease, but a character from the animated movie Despicable Me whose name was Vector, offers a clue as to what I'm getting at. Vector, a villain who plots to steal the moon by shrinking it, said, I go by the name of Vector. It's a mathematical term represented by an arrow with both direction and magnitude. Vector, that's me, because I commit crimes with both direction and magnitude. Oh yeah. Well, this fictitious character has a point. As humans, we all act with direction and magnitude. Imagine an arrow. The orientation of the arrow represents its direction. The length of the line segment represents the magnitude. Leaders, by their words and actions, demonstrate their direction within a map of morality. The degree to which they inspire others demonstrates their magnitude. In this analogy, the direction of the arrow is important. We all know of many leaders of the past who inspired movements of large magnitude in the wrong direction that resulted in great harm to humankind. But today I will reflect on two good leaders, Master sote san and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the lessons they've taught me. Master sote san was 38 years old when Dr. King was born. Their lives overlapped for 14 years. Both lived short lives. Master Sote san died at the age of 52, and Dr. King was assassinated at the age of 39. Both led movements for social change, and both were arrested for protesting nonviolently. And both aligned the vectors of their leadership such that lasting benefit was bestowed to humankind for generations. The founder and leader of Wan Buddhism was Master Sote san. He achieved enlightenment at the young age of 25. When he founded Wan Buddhism, Korea was still under Japanese colonial rule. This was a difficult era for Koreans. The Japanese had passed a series of land reform laws that enabled them to gain control over more than half of Korea's farmable lands. Many Korean peasants lost land ownership and were pushed into poverty. The historical context of Korean oppression helps me understand why Master Sote-san's vision for one Buddhism emphasized the creation of a just and peaceful society. The following quote from the Red Book speaks to me like a present day call to action. The founding master said, the way of humanity is grounded on benevolence and righteousness. Wiles and tactics are extraneous. It is then only proper that the human spirit should be able to control the myriad things and establish in this world the great way of benevolence and righteousness. Lately, however, benevolence and righteousness have lost their status and wiles are rampant, causing the great way to become utterly confused. Now is the time for us to first put our hearts together and act in consort in order to rectify the ways of the world and the human mind, which are declining day by day. Master Sote-san cites the way of humanity is grounded on benevolence and righteousness. Benevolence is the quality of well-meaning. Synonyms include grace, kindness, and compassion. Righteousness is the quality of being morally right, just, or fair. I imagine that the concepts of benevolence and righteousness are invisible magnetic forces that create a field. If benevolence is north, then ill will or spite is south. If righteousness is west, then wickedness or wrongdoing is east. Master sote reminds us that we are on the right path only when we orient our vectors in the proper direction. After his enlightenment in 1916, Master Sote-san enlisted his closest disciples in a land reclamation project. In this seemingly impossible project, he elected to transform several acres of deserted, salty tide land into fertile farmland by constructing a levee. The project would be an example for the way of humanity. During the levee project, the disciples made personal sacrifices and worked as they never had before only to be ridiculed by others. Nonetheless, Master Sote-san led his followers to remain steadfast. When a wealthy neighbor petitioned to reclaim the land himself, the disciples became very upset. They expressed resentment toward the neighbor for causing so much worry. But Master Sote-san told them, to have such a dispute while we are engaged in the project seems to be heaven's way of testing our sincerity. Hence, we must not be distracted by the dispute, nor harbor hatred or hold grudges against the man. Right will prevail in the end is a valid principle. And even if the fruits of our exertion were to end up as as that man's possession, our conscience would be clear. Furthermore, our original intent was to help the greater public. And even if the project is not utilized as widely as we had originally planned, still he is part of that greater public. At a time like this, if you transcend the conception of self and others and diligently work toward the public well being, this matter will be naturally resolved fairly. Despite meager beginnings, Master Sote san and his followers continue their work in unison. Each effort they exerted was aligned in the directions of benevolence and righteousness. After a year of labor, 25 acres of land was reclaimed for farming after the construction of the levee, This land is still used today to farm rice, which is sold to support the Yongsang University of Wan-Buddha Studies in Korea. Nearly 50 years later, history presents another example of good leadership. In the United States, after the passage of the Civil Rights Act in 1964, Blacks across the South continued to be systematically oppressed from exercising their constitutional right to vote. In February of 1965, a young deacon named Jimmy Lee Jackson was shot and killed during a protest, a peaceful protest. At his memorial service, Dr. King said, Jimmy Lee Jackson's death says to us, we must work passionately and unrelentingly to make the American dream a reality. His death must prove that unmerited suffering does not go unredeemed. We must not be bitter, and we must not harbor ideas of retaliating with violence. We must not lose faith in our white brothers. Even when faced with hatred and oppression, Dr. King aligned his vectors to the ideas of benevolence and grace, and reminded his followers to act on justice and fairness to all. Like Master Sote-san, He denounced the concept of self and others and maintained faith that right will prevail in the end. At that time in our history, many nonviolent activist leaders began mobilizing protests for a new federal voting rights law. These leaders included the late Congressman John Lewis and the late minister C.T. Vivian, both of whom passed on the same date just last year. These courageous leaders led protesters on a series of three marches stretching 54 miles from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. In the first march, protesters were brutally attacked by police and lay posse men with clubs and tear gas. By the third march, protesters finally received federal protection from local violence. Around 500 marchers began on March 7th, and the number swelled to 25,000 people who marched to Montgomery on March 25th. On that day, on the steps of the State Capitol building, Dr. King said, the battle is in our hands and we can answer with creative nonviolence, the call to higher ground to which the new directions of our struggle summons us. The road ahead is not altogether a smooth one. There are no broad highways that lead us easily and inevitably to quick solutions, but we must keep going. Our aim must never to be, to be to defeat or humiliate the white man, but to win his friendship and understanding. We must come to see that the end we seek is a society at peace with itself, a society that can live with his conscience. And that will be a day not of the white man, not of a black man, that will be the day of man as man. Those leaders of the Selma to Montgomery marches exposed our country's racial injustices and contributed directly to the passage of the Voting Rights Act in 1965, which is often seen as the most important civil rights legislation enacted. In the face of oppression and violence, leaders like Master Sote-san and Dr. King understood that progress and merit are accrued when one's efforts are guided by benevolence and righteousness. These are the forces that create the magnetic field of our experience. In their wisdom and service to others, Master Sote-san and Dr. King reacted with compassion to hatred and maintained firm faith in the direction of their vectors. The importance of these two examples, the Levy Project and the Selma marches, feels tangible to me in this very moment. The Levy Project served to create a physical home for Wan Buddhism, without which there would be no River Wong Kong, no temple, no live stream, and no Dharma talk. The Selma marches led to federal protection of voting rights without discrimination, which gives me confidence that in our recent general election, all those who wished to vote were actually able to do so. Indeed, more Americans voted in this election than any other in the prior 120 years. When I think of the hardships Master Sote Son and Dr. King endured, I am in awe of their resiliency and faith. As I look ahead to 2021, what lessons can I carry forward from these great leaders? First, they modeled how hatred cannot disarm hatred, only kindness can. Second, They inspire me to transcend the idea of self and others. This is the grace of fellow beings. And lastly, they remind me to have faith that right will prevail in the end. This is not a blind faith, but an acceptance that my own vision is short-sighted. And events that seem cruel or wrong are just an unfolding of karmic retributions. My work is to create grace from harm. So, am I a leader? I am a vector responsible for directing myself. As a parent, I am a leader in the household. At work, I am an informal leader. Each moment offers a choice to align the direction of my vector with benevolence and righteousness, with loving kindness and fairness, with grace and justice, with compassion and wisdom. Such is the path of a practitioner. I'm thankful Juan Buddhism provides a roadmap to understanding the magnetic field of these forces. Each choice is preceded by a pause. So in 2021, my goal is to create more pause so I can mindfully direct my vector in the proper orientation. On a personal level, I've been meditating most mornings with my partner and Dharma buddy, Andrew I hope to keep this up. In 2021, I also want to sign up for a retreat, which I've never made time for, despite being a temple goer for seven years. As a parent, I hope to lead my children by responding with kindness, even when I feel frustrated. Recently, Andrew and I began journaling in the evenings with our 11 year old son, Ishan, and these moments of pause have been precious. As a working parent, I admit it has been challenging to create time for regular practice, but last year I enrolled in a course to learn how to eliminate the bad habit of bringing work home, while also deepening the joy of my job. As a result, I have a more focused, calm mind at work, so this year I hope to foster a stronger sense of teamwork by transcending the concept of self and others in the workplace. Leaders like Master Sote-san and Dr. King are beacons who have illuminated the path of humanity. Like so many other great teachers and leaders, and like my own parents, their sacrifices have made this moment and this life possible. They inspire me to serve and work towards creating harmony in my heart, in my home, in my workplace, and in my community. Kamsa Bye.